Il y a de very profound spiritual experience that said that the problem of the future is transhumanism. The enemy is Ray Kurzweil. You think it's a disease, you're hyperactive, you're Asperger, most genius are dyslexic. But schizotype world, in some other culture, there will be the shaman that are connected to the spiritual realm. We live in a society where industrial model at school, everybody think the same, behave the same. Tesla as well understood it. That's why he was a mystic. He channeled information. I realized, shit, I have so much power over the life. So I was really free about this, real understanding of human behavior is game mechanics. Ascension through spiritual awakening or ascension through a chip in your brain. So you stop feeling anything. In a way, we're already there. Everyone's afraid to speak their own goddamn mind. We need to shift from judgment to understanding. Love first, unconditionally. All the philosophers that we remember now were not philosophers, they were ideonauts. It's not considered crazy. It's not a paradigm change idea. I think being narrow-minded is a disease you're free and so let's be more of us because I think it will make for a better world no ethic nomads exactly that's it that's it another brand new episode of Noah Nomads. I'm Albert Kim, living proof that alien life forms do exist. And with me today is someone who can be considered the epitome of a noetic nomad, a self-styled psychonaut who refuses to lay stranded on ideological islands and thus sets forth onto the seas of reality, charting new waters of experience, spirituality, and practice. This buccaneer of consciousness moved from working as a creative technologist, designing and developing for the likes of Google, Nike, Time Inc., Burberry, and Jaguar, to getting out of the matrix and into the world of love, light, and healing, spreading out into a disparate number of realms such as the redesign of religion delving into and synthesizing faiths ranging from christianity islam buddhism and sikhism to alchemy gnosticism and occultism in his travels he researched everything from psychology to screenwriting to energy healing and ritual magic for years he ran honesty meetups and inner fight clubs he created a community of a million people through a photo painting app called psychopaint and even became co-leader of the uk transhumanist party in order to sanitize the ideology before it turned us all into mindless cyborgs nomads please help me in introducing a most radical of thinkers and doers an idea not helping us all find the truth to co-create the more beautiful world we all know is possible i can be speaking about the one and only max gosling that was so good man oh my Oh okay, my I just, uh, okay, lots of pressure, lots of pressure. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, like, I'm not gonna lie, like, preparing for mm -hmm. an interview, I know we had a lot of technical problems beforehand, mm -hmm. I don't know what the problem was that, but like, in actual preparation for an interview, like, this is honestly mm -hmm. the easiest preparation I ever did, because mm -hmm. all I had to do was read your intro, I'm like, okay, <laughs> every sentence is a question, I'm like, what? Redesign of religion? What psychedelic experience? What magic? It's like it's every everything you wrote was basically a, a, a question I could ask. So um, I'm very very interested in this conversation and where this goes. Uh, maybe we could start by uh, letting these lovely people know, like how it came to be that you, a psychonaut, came across this noetic nomad over here. Uh, well, true uh, rebel wisdom. 
basically, you know, mm -hmm. like uh, I met you, I, I saw your uh, profile, I said, oh, what do you do, Noetic Nomad? And we had a little chat and it seems like you were interested in uh, what I had to say, what I had to offer. And I have mm -hmm. many things to say, <laughs> yeah. many ideas to offer that I wish uh, some people would pick up on. So it's beautiful. And then uh, I checked your video and I was like, oh man, so good. It's like the next uh, Joe Rogan. It's, uh, because we get, we get a lot of, uh, you know, like smart sense making uh, conversation, mm. but it's always uh, very on the nose, you know? Yeah. And I found uh, the way you ask questions and it's entertainment meets uh, intelligence mm. and you scream intelligence and passion. And I love it, you know, it's like, uh, it's beautiful. And then, so then I was like, this guy is crazy. He's my man. <laughs> this guy is the, yeah. so then I was like, I cannot uh, just go uh, without, uh, you know, you cannot out crazy me basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was wondering like, can I do it? And just like, you showed me up with, uh, with that right there. I mean, I have this crazy background, but you got that. And that's yeah. the first no, but how did you make it move? Is it on Zoom? Oh uh, yeah, I mean, basically, I went to um, a site called MotionArray.com, and they just have like mm -hmm. motion graphics. So okay. this is like a like a like a eight second like loop, okay. and all you do is upload it to Zoom, and you can just have any video just loop over and over and over. That's oh, yeah. so cool. Next time I show that. Yeah, awesome. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you can upgrade it for the, the next time we have a conversation mm -hmm. or you maybe you do your own show. So, mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I mean, so many places where we can start. I mean, I don't even know where to begin, but perhaps, mm -hmm. I mean, I could start with this question. Okay. So what did your parents do for a living and how did that influence the path that you took in your life and career and your overall trajectory? Well, my dad was a mechanics uh, in a nuclear power plant. Hmm. Okay. Uh, you know, fixing stuff before it breaks. And I had the chance to work there as well, which was really interesting. And my mom was working for the electricity company as well in uh, internal communication, you know, communication. Yeah. But I think more important than just uh, their uh, profession, because, you know, we always, we often, uh, you know, define people based on what they do, you know, for a living. Mm, yeah. It's actually uh, something really interesting. It's my mom is hyperactive ADHD and a bit schizotypal and my dad is uh, asperger and dyslexic and i'm kind of uh, the four of them so i'm uh, like a uh, super hyper comorbid i'm wired upside down in really interesting ways you know you will think perhaps because it's something i want to say as well you think it's a it's a disease you know you're hyperactive you're asperger it's like you're not the way you're supposed to be you know? but uh, i think it's complete rubbish i think you know we're very social animals and actually Every uh, kind of animals that is hyper social, let's say like uh, ants and bees and whatever, they have a speciality among them. So sometimes uh, same genes, but the, mark the genetic marker makes uh, it's a soldier or it's a nurse or exploiting. Yeah. And I'm thinking actually because it's almost like the same consistent type of profile among different cultures. You know, there's a certain bunch of Asperger, mm. a certain amount of hyperactive some schizotypo and so on, I think it's more of a specialization of being. For instance, uh, most dyslexic, most genius are dyslexic. Mm. You know, most architects, most uh, like really good designers are dyslexic. Steve Jobs was dyslexic, Winston mm. Churchill was dyslexic. Then hyperactive people, most entrepreneurs are hyperactive. Absolutely, you know, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. then uh, Asperger, lots of uh, developers, uh, scientists are Asperger's. 
And then the schizotypal, well, unfortunately, it's like you can turn schizophrenic if you're schizotypal and you don't have good supervision. But it's the same as Asperger, if they don't have good supervision, they're made to feel shit about who they are, because mm -hmm. it's like they relate to the world very differently. But schizotypal, typically, in uh, some other culture, they will be the shaman of uh, this world. They are connected to the spiritual realm. Yes, yes, yes. Really, yeah? Um, but so uh, they need to be taught, you know, to stay on the ground, which they are not taught. It's like, the, in fact, the very specificities of people, it's what makes them beautiful. Huh? But we live in a society where, uh, you know, everyone has to be the same, you know, like industrial model at school. It's like, okay, everyone just shut up, listen. We consider everybody, you know, ought to think the same, behave the same. You know, it's not so much like we focus on races and black and white, but really uh, inside our minds, there's so much different, uh, I say almost species, huh? like an Asperger do not think like a normal person, let's say, like a stereotypical. Anyway, that's, that was just, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, um, I, I love that. And I love that you called me out on my stupid game A, like old world uh, question. So what did your parents do for a living? I was like, what am I doing? I just realized how stupid um, of a question that was. Um, and yeah, there's so much there. And especially when you talked about uh, the shaman is because like I've been like, for example, like I was uh, so I, a lot of talk like Alexander Bard. He talks about the shamanoids, like the shamanoid archetype that like goes out and like and like they go out to the different tribes and they and they speak to all these different tribes like they're like non-hierarchical and they bring all these tribes together and i was speaking with uh, one of my former guests and my friend from the stoa uh Aaron. he always talks of, and also talks about the, the shaman archetype and how they like you know a lot of times they don't have children and like i'm and the, this is this resonated so much for me because i don't know if you watch some of uh, my episodes where i went into some of my personal details mm -hmm. like i'm like i'm celibate I'm, mm. uh, uh, you know, um, per like uh, voluntarily celibate. On top of that, I'm a virgin. Mm. I've never been in a romantic relationship in my life. Mm. This is, for, I don't know, like, it's not like I'm neurodivergent or, you know, I'm, I'm not typical, but like, mm. this is again, like, this is like some sort of like evolutionary, like, 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 like role that I'm playing. And it's just like, mm. what I'm doing right now may actually be like, I'm, I was like activated, like this meta crisis, like this COVID thing, this meaning crisis, all these things happening right now. It's like, okay, now whatever's inside is like, okay, I'm activated and mm. I'm, my craziness in the old paradigm didn't work. Like I was not successful at all in the old world, but in this new world, I'm like, wait a minute. Now I, now I got something to bring and I'm doing it right now. So yes, yeah, so much there that uh, I'm, I'm just I, like, I'm, I so align with you. Yeah. But you know, uh, Nikola Tesla or Leonardo da Vinci, you like, mm. well, don't have time for women. <laughs> and there's something interesting about uh, men being celibate, which is not the same for women. So uh, first for women, um, the term neurotic comes from Freud, which means not erotic. And it's a pattern that he noticed. They noticed it you know, in the Victorian era, which is when women are not uh, sexual, they become what they call at the time hysteric, you know, hysteria. There was one diagnosis for mental health, it was hysteria. And there was one treatment, which was sexual stimulation, you know, through orgasm. And it was a very successful treatment of hysteria. So in the sense that women actually, in order for them to be fulfilled, they need almost like a healthy sex life. Men 
On the other hand, it seems like if they if they do not have sex, it's like they will go on an adventure. Like in a way, for the for the species to reproduce, I mean to 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 be perpetuated, you know, you can have let's say one man that survive that will populate the species, right? So in a sense, you you could say men are kind of like the R and D department of life. Yes, yes. It's like first is the competition. You know, in utero, think the sperm is like it's like the best winner. So, uh, so that's why men, I think, you know, in, in this world, it's like competitive and whatnot, but it, it's especially adventurous. It's like, uh, whether man you live or you die, it's less important than, you know, a woman who's more like at home protecting her castle. Mm-hmm. And here I make an analogy, uh, you know, I try to see things from, uh, you know, what are the patterns between the macro and the micro, so the small and the big, you know, as above, so below. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but in terms of scale, and when you look at a female, you know, egg is gigantic compared to, yeah, you know, yeah, to, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, to, to the male. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it looks like an impenetrable castle. And it reminds me of the archetype of, uh, you know, the princess. You know, you will think that uh, women are conditioned, you know, girls are conditioned to love princesses. But uh, I had a daughter, I have a daughter, mm. and uh, it's just, a natural thing for them, you know, to, to identify with the archetype of princess. Over all the generation, all the cultures, you know, like Moana, princess, uh, Disney princess, always work. Mm. And um, but for men, it's the paladin. The man is the knight. It's the, it's the one who goes on a quest. Mm. So he goes on, a, you know, like chase the dragon and uh, whatnot. So it's very important for a man to go on a quest. But, you know, in the sense, like, saving the princess, maybe sometimes it's it's either a byproduct of, uh, you know, the conquest, or it's the object of the conquest. But I feel like uh, what's very masculine, the essence of being a man, is not especially goal-chasing woman, because you will notice, I mean, I don't know you personally, but actually, and I suffered for this, when you go and chase women, you know, when you go directly tell a woman, oh, I'm going to go for you, my Mm -hmm. lovely lady, she's going to reject you straight away. Like women do not like this kind of attention. Mm. Women like a a guy who's going to go on a mission and they're going to be like, yes, you know, (laughs) next, next, but not uh, like, oh, Unless she's, she's like extremely self-centered and she wants to be like a center of attention all mm-hmm. the time. But it's, uh, it's more like a narcissistic personality disorder. It's not a you know, natural state of affair. So I highly respect your, uh, you know, your way of being. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah, th- yeah. Thank you so much. And there's so much there. Like, I'm like listening to you and then I'm just like screaming, yeah, yeah, because this is exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> when you talk about, like there's so much synchronicity because uh, I'm gonna let everyone know. So the next guest I'm gonna have on here, uh, people may be aware if they're into the stole and whatnot, uh, Raven Connolly. Uh, we have a talk schedule next and one of her projects that she's been talking much about is about the egg, right? Is about how like, this is like, this is her project and like how it's so important to her, like as a female and, and, and to her personally, in order to reproduce and to continue the line. And it's very funny because that's something she's a female. She's very much exemplifying. Okay. I'm my role is to quote unquote, give birth. Yeah. And mine is like, I'm the complete opposite. I'm like, I'm not trying to quote unquote, give birth to reproduce my genetic line. But what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to bring something else into being. So I'm, I'm in a sense, I'm trying to give birth uh, to something else. And like the thing is we're both, you mentioned that men 
like the, we want to be on a quest, right? And it's like, mm. I'm on a, like, I'm a nomad, right? I'm going on mm. my journeys and everything. You, you're a psychonaut. And like, I was mm. like to start getting into your journey and like, uh, let, let, let's take it back. I mean, again, you stated about like, you talked about your parents and like how they were, you know, you know, neuroatypical and maybe you manifest that a lot. So it was like, how did you get into all these different fields? And maybe we could start with how you first got into like your role as a creative technologist and then what happened there and then how you moved out from that realm. Well, I've always been uh, extremely creative and imaginative. I wanted to be a you know, designer first, but my mom didn't thought it was a real job. Mm. Uh, but eventually, uh, so I studied IT, telecom and networks, which was actually really interesting. So I'm halfway between a, like a geek and a kind of a creative. Mm. So that's what creative technologies is. So it's both developer and designer at the same time. And very front-end focus and a bit entrepreneur. It's a whole bunch of things. Then I specialized in multimedia into a notorious school in France called uh, Les Gobelins. But then I started to work for like uh, hip hop bands, uh, uh, so music artists uh, for Warner. Yeah, then I moved to London, and then I saw, yeah, so something really interesting happened to me. My life is full of uh, really weird shit, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I uh, and I like to give some anecdotes, you know, just like this because I think it's important. You know, people should know those kind of stuff. Huh? So maybe soft topic, but my first job in uh, UK was for a company called Medical Information System. And it was in Golders Green, so the, the Jewish uh, part of uh, London. And, uh, you know, people dressed with like hats and little uh, swirly thing and even kids and so on. And yeah. on Friday, you know, you, there's no electricity in the shop. And, but it's fun, you know, that's, it's like very safe area. And I did Krav Maga as well. I was well integrated. Um, but it's like, some dodgy shit happens there too. And so medical information system, their business was like stealing records, medical uh, information records from patients and from doctors, you know, who they are, where they live, uh, their phone number, and then selling it to pharmaceutical companies. So they had uh, like lots of colors, you know, like, and then they sell the leads, like, and it depends on huh? like the price, whatever they can, from like maybe $10 per lead, doctor to $50 to whatever it is. And then a pharmaceutical company is going to send like a, like a sample of the product to this doctor and, and uh, that's it. And then they got busted, you know, like uh, the whole company. <laughs> anyway, so, you know, like when you say, uh, you know, like it's, it's actually a small company, middle of nowhere, like very discreet. And it's actually the center of lobbying of uh, the pharmaceutical world. Yeah, yeah. No, that never, no one heard of it. And uh, anyway, it was an interesting experience. But then I worked for uh, lots of like big guys, you know, SAP, Nike, Nokia, Burberry, all of this. Mm. But eventually, so I started a side project, which was just a photo painting application. Mm. And the form, because... I wanted to express my creativity. You know, I was passionate about digital art, you know, breaking the boundaries. Uh, what really drives me, you know, the, the core of my being is like exploration. Mm. You know, like you, are, I'm on a quest of bringing something new into the world. So for me, it was like, yes, it's like a new field of digital art when you can make beautiful things with like digital ribbons and whatnot. And I was inspired by other artists and I wanted to do the same, but create better tools to do digital art. And eventually it became quite popular 
And then I raised money to make it a business. And it was used a lot in art therapy, prison, rehabilitation center and whatnot. Mm. And it grew pretty big in terms of community, but I couldn't make enough money from it. Then I had to sunset it. But something that really touched me to the core is like when I say, okay, I cannot uh, continue, you know, and it breaks my heart. I received lots of emails of people thanking me because it helped them in their life, you know, deal with a teacher with autistic children, you know, because it helps them express their emotion or people in prison because the community was very helpful as well. I created like a, like a badging system. And that's where things, you know, started to really uh, be interesting because people started helping each other based on how you design, you know, the, the rules of the game. And it got me thinking a lot about this. So first, it was, I was very proud, you know, of all those compliments that I received. And I was like, that's the core of what I want to do. I want to help people. Mm-hmm. It's so good when you receive, you know, thank you from someone, you know, forget all the data and whatnot. Huh? This is the goal. But then after I had to pick up the pieces, you know, I was a bit disheartened by uh, this experience. And my wife went through some, you know, big mental torments. And it got me to really, you know, study. I mean, I've always studied, you know, on the side, you know. It's always we think about profession and titles and jobs and diplomas. But really, is it always the best, you know, either a descriptor of success or of skills? You know, not always, huh? but it's, it's difficult. It's like you need some kind of social proof for people to, you know, to give you some kind of credits. Mm-hmm. So it's good, you know, okay, I work for those big brands, huh? but uh, it doesn't mean a thing as well. The thing I wanted to say is that something freaked me out. When mm-hmm. I uh, was managing this community, so I started the company on my own. And for a year, two years, I was completely on my own. And I was the first one in a seed camp and textiles. So both like a famous incubator um, on my own. And I had like a community of 100,000 people, a crazy number that came every day. And through those, you know, the newsletter that I sent, that was very funny. And people gave me so much attention. And I, I realized, shit, I have so much power over the lives. Mm, yeah, and, yeah. and what I learned as well, I had a mentor who was working for Zynga, uh, Zynga Boston. Yeah. You know, they did farm deal. They did games that made people addicted, you know, uh, yeah. because it's, they're in the business of attention. It's like and they want to create behavior. So, uh, so then I learned about uh, behavioral uh, design, which is the common ingredient behind uh, Facebook, Instagram, mm-hmm. and Snapchat. You know, the three of them, they understood the magic formula of this guy, BJ4, where uh, they have uh, the behavioral lab. How do you create behavior in people? So very early on, I was uh, into shit. This this is the this is the bomb. Huh? Like people don't know they're being manipulated. Like like when you understand people more than they understand themselves, huh? mm. and you're uh, you know a designer is like you create something for them. You know something that uh, is adapted to them. But let's say uh, everything is design. For instance, and that's what people don't think about. Like a Big Mac is a design. Like, like a chef designed a Big Mac for you to be addicted to it. So you come back and it's got all the MSG and all that crap. That's good for them because they're going to buy more of this. Good for you in terms of your health, it's secondary, you know, because they have uh, shareholders, they have uh, whatever. So I was really freaked out by this. It's like, oh my God, huh? with the point system, the badging system, people go crazy over those things. Huh? It's like, Intrinsic reward, extrinsic reward. 
So it's uh, the joke in entrepreneurship. It's like the three things people want is get paid, get made, get laid. Mm. You know, so yeah, it's like yeah. attention, you know, status. Everyone wants attention. Everyone wants status. That's why Twitter, that's why Facebook, all of this is a business of attention. You know, uh, get paid, of course, it's, you know, it's very simple. You know, you want to eat. Uh, and also, uh, it's a kind of social status as well. Even though I, I, I think it's not uh, the one we should focus on. And then get laid. 40% of the internet is porn. 40%? <laughs> huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's completely unaddressed. Huh? So what makes you look cool? Uh, you know, Tinder, all of this, you know? And then it's like, uh, you have levers of people. You know, like, uh, like game mechanics. Actually, it's like, let's say World of Warcraft. It's pretty boring. Huh? It's like, uh, there's a little critter. Pff, my turn. His turn. Pff, pff. Mm. It's not even interactive. Huh? It's like, pff, slow. But then what makes it interesting is the leveling up. You know, I level up, I go yeah. up, I go up, I go up. Yeah. And it's kind of give a sense of progression. And so I've been thinking about that. Actually, psychologists, you know, like are so late, huh? so outdated huh? with their model of young and whatever. Mm. Real uh, understanding of human behavior is game mechanics. Understand game mechanics, you understand how, you know, because you understand the game design, you understand how to uh, get people to do something uh, that you want them to do. But also, there's, a, there's a something else, which is you can potentially, and that's the good part, huh? you can potentially make them something super good. Mm-hmm. You know, so for instance, Foursquare was all game mechanics. If you remember Foursquare, yeah. it's like you go to a place and then you just check in. Yeah, you get a badge and then it's like a badge collection. And all he was is the status. Humanity, you know, the problem of humanity right now is a giant cockfight. It's like everyone wants to look good. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to look good. Mm-hmm. The reason why is like we're a narcissistic society and why we're a narcissistic society is because we perpetuate our traumas. So the number one expert on narcissism who coined the terms 30 years ago, I forgot his name, but I want to see him and I ask him for the essence of why it is that makes people narcissistic. It's just a wound. It's an internal wound. Mm. It's a lack of self-love that you actually put a mask on mm. and uh, you pretend, you know, like, uh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And people wear different masks. So some people, is like the clown mask, you know? Like the alcohol uh, dissociates you. That's so much thing to say. I don't know where to start. Huh? Mm. So, um, so those game mechanics, you know, I was like, shit, this stuff is so dangerous. And Facebook, of course, used it. So I was aware of Cambridge Analytica as well. I was part of this group called London Futurists for many years. And there you see people that talks about the future in a hypothetical way. So it's like, isn't it really, really important for people to try to forecast what could happen in the future? You know, and, and you could say it's very difficult. Huh? Yes and no. You know, some uh, trends that are so consistent, like Moore's law, is very easy to predict. You know, Moore's law is like every 18 months, you know, you double the capacity of chips, of processing power. Mm. And so there is, but there's lots of Moore's law like this. One of them, for instance, but it's because progress is exponential. You know, it's not linear, but so we don't see it coming. But, uh, but you, when you can see the trend, yes. and it's like, it's, now it's like, it's five different world-threatening trends happening at the same time that uh, people 
didn't talk about, you know. And that was the inception of the Transhumanist Party, uh, which I was the first member, and then I became a co-leader uh, later on. And in truth, it's like, and I, it's going to join my uh, psychonautic experiments. I had a very profound spiritual experiences on psychedelics that, in a way, taught me about the future and said that the problem of the future is transhumanism. Mm. The battle of the future ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. is transhumanism versus, uh, let's say, uh, humanism, but return to the source, you know, back to the source. Mm. It's either um, ascension through spiritual awakening or ascension through, uh, I put a chip in your brain, so uh, you stop feeling anything, but in a way, we're already there. Like we're already completely addicted to our technologies, but it's the technology by people like me, you know, who design stuff for you to be addicted. Well, because they share older, because, you know, and of course it's like, it's the whole machine because even uh, guys like me, you know, well, I have to feed myself, you know, I have a family to provide. So it's the game that everyone's on. No one dares to buy the hand that, that feeds them, right? Mm. You know, you're a dog, you're not going to bite your, uh, because you're, it's a kind of a prison. Huh? It's like when you're a child, sometimes you have a good father, sometimes you don't, huh? but it's got so much power over you because where, where are you going to run away? What are your alternatives? What are your options? Mm. Uh, but for me, I'm the, you know, I have the chance that I'm a developer. I have uh, quite a few options so I can tell people to go fuck off and work for things I want, you know, in a way. But at some point I was like, Phew. It's not the best that I can provide in my life, you know, with the skills that I have. And then I'm going to switch to my uh, psychonautic adventures. Mm, yeah, definitely would love to hear about that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So I yeah, do not let you ask questions. No, I mean, like you're answering my questions for me, but uh, <laughs> I, I, mean, I, mean, I would like to uh, touch on a little bit about like, yeah, I, uh, I read as part of your intro that you were co-leader of the UK Transhumanist Party. And this mm. is very interesting because mm. I consider myself as a quote unquote, I, I, I align myself maybe with transhumanism before, uh, but more so in like the, the spiritual realm, like, like kind of like mm. there's this like yes. this vein, this, this line running between you and me. That's the same. It's like, it's more as like define who we are like spiritually and, and how we yes. define ourselves and, and, and all that. But what ha it has become, and some people mm. like, uh, for example, Rachel Haywire, who was actually a presidential candidate for the uh, US uh, transhumanist party, uh, who, you know, who, who I'm familiar with. And she talks about how like the transhumanist party in the US basically became like an mortality cult you're like mm -hmm. okay how do we make sure that we don't die and mm -hmm. like we create like this technological womb where we don't like for it's, it's like it's a very tech bro tell a uh, silicon valley culture where we mm -hmm. don't have to be like upstanding uh men who have to go out and and do and, and you know have like stand for virtues or values we don't have to do all that we could just create our own digital girlfriends we could create a robot mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, you know sex slaves and we mm -hmm. could just you know retreat into like a little computer where we're safe from you know, all this other stuff and not have mm -hmm. to delve into uh, mm -hmm. the spiritual realm. So like, I, I was curious, uh, again, maybe we could uh, tie all this together about this, this, this vision you had perhaps mm -hmm. on psychedelics and with transhumanism and what mm -hmm. you see is like the direction, like what is, where is transhumanism taking us and what mm -hmm. is this vision that you mm -hmm. had that maybe you were a little appalled by? Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, first, uh, it's really interesting that transhumanism means lots of different things to lots of different people. Mm -hmm. Because it's a, it's a kind of a new term, new ideology, and whatnot. But the origin comes from uh, Dante's Inferno. 
And Dante is a notoriously uh, Gnostic Christian. Mm. So not Catholic Christian, Gnostic Christian. And it's a metaphor for uh, how do you get into the purgatory, you know, go into your inner world, win your own inner battles in order to ascend. You know, it's an ascension metaphor. Yeah. But you have to go through hell first before you get up. Mm. Yes, yes. You know? But it's the idea of tra the transhuman is the one who transcended his shadow, his mediocrity, let's say, as a human being, mm. you know, because... It's considered as, okay, human, in the Christianity, it's like humans are kind of guilty. Uh, they're not good just the way they are. It's very part of the original sin. You know, like we sin, we fucked up, and now, you know, we have to get our way back up. After, he was picked up again by Huxley. Oh, so the doors of, yeah. And then uh, later on by Max Tegmark and the new transhumanism. But for Huxley, he was more breaking beyond the doors of perception. So he was more of a psychedelic version of uh, transhumanism. And then for uh, Max Tegmark, uh, he was more of a technological uh, version of it. Because it's like, okay, he was prophesized, you know, that we will reach eternal life. So actually, a lot of transhumanists are Christian. There's a big uh, Christian mm -hmm. transhumanist uh, movement, there's Mormon transhumanist, because for them, it's like, well, that's the way to achieve eternal life. But it's not my interpretation. And it's true, American transhumanism compared to uh, British transhumanism is completely different. That's why I was very conflicted about it. And I respect highly uh, David Wood, who, who I was co-leader with, and he's a very uh, smart individual, a very well-measured, And uh, for us, he was more uh, thinking in terms of the responsibility of a politician ought to be a prevention because the life of people has been changed a lot more by technology, you know, by this than uh, any politics. Mm, yeah. It's technology who changed the life of people. But because everything is going so fast and faster and faster, you know, it's like we worry so much, we only ask question of how. How do we live forever? How do we get better? You know, we cure cancer, we get younger, uh, we get like cosmetic, how we look better, uh, cosmetic surgery. But we don't ask the question of why and should we do it <laughs> oh to begin God. with? Huh? Aye, aye, yeah. In fact, I came into this because I, I had this vision 12 years ago. I was like, the enemy is Ray Kurzweil. Ray Kurzweil, huh? Mm. Like, I think sometimes you, you got lots of sense makers who are afraid to make speculations. And I think we should make speculations, you know, mm -hmm. like, um, like a theories, uh, like even if it's crazy, you know, science fiction is actually in a way uh, alarm, you know, alarm system for like, pay attention yeah, to this yeah, step. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe, it's, maybe it's just a story, but still, you know, so even if it's just a vision, even if I'm insane, you know, perhaps, you know, So hypothetically, you know, an old man will say, well, pff, I'm dead now. So what am I going to do? I'm super fucking rich. You know, I have my friend in Google. I have the best AI in the world. I'm going to merge with the machine. Mm. You know, I'm going to plug my brain into a super high interface. So it's not Robocop. I just have a, like a walking body, you know, like a robotic body. No, I'm plugged to the machine, to the internet. I become hyper, hyper, hyper logical because you see AI now, even if it's not a general AI, it doesn't have a will of its own. And that's the thing, uh, you know, we don't know how to break and we think like maybe it's the, it's great to break it, you know, but maybe it's Skynet, huh? you know, it's like, and we talk about it. Yeah, maybe it is, maybe it's not, you know, like 
which is the Pandora's box that's going to fuck us all. You know, we, sometimes huh, we open Pandora's box and that's it. Huh? You know, uh, the nuclear bomb, okay, it's a very small uh, Pandora's box, actually, because it's like, okay, it explodes just here, but that's it, right? Mm. But imagine, uh, and, uh, you know, you saw Nagasaki and Hiroshima, okay, it destroyed lots of people. So after, it's like, okay, let's not open the Pandora's box again. Mm. But they opened it already. <laughs> Now, it's just a small one, huh? Imagine a, a big Pandora's box, you just open one of them, and there's a few of them. So nanotechnologies, for instance, let's say, uh, you know, you want to fix uh, yourself from the inside, so like a small nanorobots, and then it's like they can reproduce. And then uh, to reproduce, they need some iron. So they're going to collect the iron from your body, and then maybe they're going to eat you from the inside, and then they're going to, you know, mm. it's just hypothesis. Huh? It's very unlikely, but it's not null. You know, so it's like uh, perhaps uh, coronavirus is the result of well, what we're playing now, which is a lot of genetic engineering. Yeah. So now, uh, so before genetic engineering was uh, only a few uh, sets of you know big companies, Monsanto, <laughs> you know, notably, yeah. who sterilize the crop and then uh, give it. So you have to buy the seeds, and so people fucked up. I mean, uh, they have to buy again. You know, they are in constantly this cycle. But now it's like. You can do genetic engineering for a thousand bucks. You buy a CRISPR machine, you know, there's no regulation on this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you're like, uh, shit, huh? maybe uh, tomorrow, people, you know, there's a bunch of biohackers who just, you know, uh, for them, life. So that's the, that's the thing. Huh? I think we live in a society that's like, we think there's three billion Christian, but I think it's a mm. satanist, you know, it's nihilist satanist Satanism. who thinks they're Christians. Because mm. really, Jesus Christ, huh? why was he crucified to begin with? It's because he kicked the stalls of the merchant temples. Yeah. In other sense, you know, the, in modern day, the corporatocracy and the bankers. Pretty much. Huh? Yeah. If you're Christians and you're not anti-capitalist, you're not Christian. Yeah, you know, exactly. you don't focus on uh, on what uh, really matters into the, like, it's the one thing you was ready to die for. Huh? You know, you can say a lot of things, but what you were ready to die for says a lot about you, right? Mm. So if he was ready to die for his belief that, uh, you know, the merchant uh, should not be here in the temple, you know, even if he was, uh, you know, or he said, yeah, well, I'm the son of God and the Jewish were not happy about that. Yeah, maybe it's that's my other subject. It's like redesigning religion. Oh, that's exactly um, yeah. You read my mind because that's oh, exactly man. what I want to get into. Because there's so many. Because like I was just I had yeah. I was having a conversation yesterday on uh, the interintellect Discord. Like we were talking about like this is all happening right now. Like I ha uh, I just released an episode on New Year's Eve with uh, mm. Simon Vorster, friend of Monica. I believe you had a long chat with her the other day, I was mm. told. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. and, uh, yeah. and uh, Simon, he, like, he mm. goes into how like we're moving from the, the age of Pisces, where mm. we looked above to, to align ourselves with some universal truth with the God. Now mm. this new age where it's like, oh, now we, we're, we're coming to grips with like, 
we make room for individual truth. It's not about aligning with this with this one God, this one truth, and and with Christianity and like Jung and all this stuff, and like re- and religion brings it to it. And religion, obviously, the last two thousand years, Christianity was like uh, this defined our age. So mm. now, I mean, I would very much like to go into your uh, um, endeavors with redesigning religion, and there are a lot of different threads that uh, I came across, and so I would like to see, like, how did you get into, how did you look at like religion being the vector that you wanted to focus on? Um, so first, uh, because I'm a very uh, creative guy and very divergent, you know, I love to do the things that no one does. Mm. That's my thing. Huh? <laughs> and I've, uh, I've always been like this since I was a child. I was like an animal. I was behaving like a little, uh, like a cat or a dog. I would, I'm a crazy guy. And uh, I said, I'm going to write a book. So I wrote like uh, automatic writing. I write whatever, you know, I don't censor myself, no censorship whatsoever, because, you know, it's like your prefrontal cortex is the stasis. You know, if you saw, uh, if you saw the dark crystal, for me, it's the best metaphor to understand the human mind, actually. Mm. It's like everyone is governed by the stasis. You know, stasis says no, judge, skeptical, skeptical mind. Mm. And then you have the mystical mind. Mystical mind is yes to everything. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. And so um, I started to write a book. I don't know. I'm going to write a random book. No one ever wrote a book that's random. And I tried to break all the pattern about uh, writing a book. Pretty much the most random book ever written. And then I thought, well, maybe people would be interested. I, I sent it, but I'm like, I don't have time for marketing. Next one, next level, a green edition of the random book. I can only write on cannabis. Mm. So I started to write my random book on cannabis so to notice like what is the difference between me writing a random book on coffee and pizza versus uh, I write it on cannabis. But it's like with the intention of me being random, as random as I can possibly be, it's really hard. It's like we all get into some patterns of thinking like tick, tick, tack, tack. You know, we, we're in the matrix and we're in the clocks. So to try to break your own patterns of thinking, it's like you get into a state of constant metacognition, mm. of meta-awareness about yourself, yeah. which is pretty much the work of the mystic. You know, the mystic, the meditation, there's so many ways huh, to do a metacognition. Uh, mm. My meditation is like sometimes writing, and I'm like, and I write thousands of pages and whatnot. Huh? Um, and it just comes from, I don't know where, it's like channeling. Yeah. Yeah, then after yeah. it's like channeling. And then I'm like, the, the insight that I got from it were like, wow, it's really interesting because it's like I step outside of my own way of being. I'm in the flow, you know, like completely. I lose myself completely. I write for hours and hours. And then I don't know what I'm writing. And when I read what I write, I'm like, wow, it's actually really interesting insight into the deep nature of reality. But I don't know if it's true or not, but it's like, wow. And then I was like, what's the craziest thing I could do? You know, uh, like as a thought experiment. You know, people, people don't ask those, themselves those questions. It's like, what is the craziest thing that you could do that is still kind of legal? You know, uh, and I was like, hmm. You know, what is the thing that no one else will dare to do? Because, I'm, you know, I'm kind of a guy who just doesn't really care too much about uh, his social status. Mm. You know, I've been in so many bubbles. It's like sometimes I'm the top dog, sometimes I'm at the bottom. So, but most of the time I'm detached from it. Mm. And I like to see, uh, to be an observant of the social game. 
it's what gives me the most joy in a way, you know? And that's why when you said, uh, you know, you're a virgin and you like to step outside, uh, in fact, the role of the shaman is a bit of this. Because in a way, the shaman works for social cohesion. You need the shaman. And I've been to a rainbow gathering uh, recently. So it's kind of like an anarchist uh, community uh, living in the woods for, uh, for a few moments. And it's always go into chaos because people's ego go after each other or whatever. So I was like, yes, I'm going to come as a secret shaman. But the thing is like, I cannot, uh, you know, like be into like a social relationship. I have to be detached because otherwise if I get involved, I am biased into it. No, no, I want, you know, as a goal, I want to create social harmony between those group of people, but I don't want them to know that I'm doing this, you know, like a secret agent. Because it comes from my conundrum as well, you know, I've learned hypnotherapy and fucking hell, man, hypnotherapy is the best way to heal someone's mind. You know, we've got so much focus on psychiatry and psychology, but studies have shown meta-analysis from 2005 have shown that by far hypnotherapy blows any other kind of form of mental health treatment. Yeah. After this, like psychedelics and like uh, plant medicine. Mm, yeah. Basically, we got the whole damn thing wrong. But it's, it, because we have the mental blockage of like hypnosis, like stage hypnosis, like it's going to control me. Mm. People are afraid of control, of being controlled. Yeah. The, the reality is like they're already controlled. They're already brainwashed. Uh, no, they're, they're brain dirty. They, their brain is dirty with fucking shit in their brain, you know? Yeah. And uh, the role of the hypnotherapist is brainwashed, but because their brain is so dirty with shit, you know? So then I was like, okay, I'm going to leverage my experience as a designer and developer. But developer, in a way, it's like you have design patterns as well. It's kind of you design ideas, you design your code. And, and I always like to design my code in different ways. But it's like certain patterns like model view controller and so on. And so I was thinking, where could I apply my skill as a designer? Because I know, okay, I've sent lots of projects from zero to hero. I'm mm. good at that. I understand people. Yeah. I understand how people work. It's a power and I can create software that millions of people are going to use, you know, and, and I can do it again and again, not all the time, but I did it again uh, little project uh, and that, that was the last call for me like a wake-up call i was working for a music uh, messaging company and then on the side and my boss was never listening to me I was like, okay i'm gonna do my own thing two days it took me i, I did like a bot on a kick uh, that you could send uh, at uh, vid and then uh, i'll be back and then you have the video of charles Zenegger say i'll be back or like you know means but with sounds and like automatic, you know, as you write, mm. you get, and he went like so super big very quickly. I mean, Kik is dead now, but at the time he went super big very quickly, like 10,000 users huh, from first day. And I'm like, shit, I could start another company with this. Like some people should raise shitloads of money for much less than this. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other day I saw like 50 million bucks they raised for an app of like uh, audio messaging or whatever. Anyway. And they just have a thousand users. Anyway, it's mental in Silicon Valley, it's crazy. Mm. But I was like, is it how I want to spend my life? And you know, the skills that I have, I, you know, I, I, I believe in myself. I think I'm, I'd like to believe, you know, I have some badges of honor. So, you know, I've done some good shit. 
But that's how can I apply this to something meaningful? Not get uh, to brainwash people, I mean, to brain dirt people, dirt, to uh, yeah. mind control them, to give them some shit that you know will keep them addicted on their toes. And no, let's do the opposite of that. I have plenty of, of ideas on the subject. Huh? So I was thinking of this concept of what's the next step in terms of design. So after behavioral design, perhaps ideological design. Uh, so if you think about, you say, communism, fascism, nazism, capitalism, Christianism, all the ism, they're all ideologies. Mm. You know, they're all a bunch of ideas put together with some kind of consistent glue, but often there's like one guy at the exception. Even capitalism is Adam Smith, yeah. yes. The wealth of nation. And even if you read the book, it's not exactly how it's implemented. You see, it's very interesting how... Even just from Adam Smith, huh? his ideas are being perverted through time just yeah. to perpetuate a chain of power. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the common pattern with religion. Religion are never, ever created by the spiritual leader. Huh? Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. Jesus who created Christianism. Okay, Mohammed is a kind of an exception. Mohammed uh, really, because he was political and whatnot, kind of really uh, created Islam, uh, wrote the thing... But uh, Buddha, no, it was not his intention to create Buddhism or the Hindus or the Vedas or uh, even Lao Tzu or Confucius. In their times, they were not that popular. Hmm. It's always uh, after, okay, they gain popularity because it takes time for ideas to spread. But now it's like, ideas spread so fast. Okay, shit. Okay, so because ideas spread so fast, it's like, what is going to be the one ideology that's going to really be the best operating system for the world to move forward. And now it's like you have all these different operating systems that are kind of competing with each other. And you see the, you know, the big one is like, okay, capitalism, Western capitalism versus almost like, a, you know, China, communist China. So individualism versus communism. And also, let's say the Middle East, which is, let's say, religious fa- fanatism, in a way. There's still a, a spiritual beauty, sometimes in the Middle East, that we miss as well. Like, you have also to think from the perspective of your enemies, you know, understand them. Like, why are they in the way that, that they are? And people are uh, always fanaticized when they're hurt. Exactly. Yeah. And I will, I will argue that Chinese as well. So I put uh, violet glasses, but for a reason, they're violet. It's because uh, violet is visions glasses. When you watch a movie, you know, they put a filter. You know, if you take a normal photo, it's kind of boring. But you put a filter on it, it gives a mood. And kind of the, the chakra system is like this, you know, the electromagnetic yes, field yes, yes, yes. that we see is what we call light. And anyway, so when I put those, for instance, it will influence my thought patterns. Like I wear a different lens, my mind thinks differently. Mm, yeah. So everyone in the world uh, have different lenses. You know, you say you have your truth, I have mine. I, I sort of disagree with this statement, but it's my perspective. I think perhaps truth, what I consider is truth, and I will hope that at least this one idea we could agree upon and I think that will be the base. Like, a, like, what are the common basic ingredients we can all agree upon with all our disagreement, with all our diversity of human beings? What are, what are the one thing we can agree upon, if it's possible? You know, and so it's like, what is the common truth that we can have? And I think first is to understand that Mahomet was did not have monopoly on truth. Huh? 
Mm. Now, as soon as you go dogmatic around this is the truth, this guy is right, this right, turns to shit. Yeah. Turns to shit. Because when you're completely convinced that you're right, you don't have to think. You know, you don't have to use your processing. That's what makes people into mindless robots, you know, and so easy to manipulate because there you go the truth. And then the priest or the, the techno priest now, they just throw whatever and people swallow. They don't think for themselves. So what uh, I am an advocate of is the opposite. It's actually the real Christianity is Gnostic Christianity. Yeah, because who created Christianity? Well, it's Constantine, the emperor, the Roman emperor, Constantine is the one who curated all the books to create what we call Christianity. And then, okay, some books, oh, let's not keep those, like the book of Judas and, and so on. Also to note that the first, you know, um, the first books were written like 60 years after the death of Jesus. Huh? 60 years, so you know, I don't even remember what I ate yesterday. So imagine, but, uh, you know, they found those uh, documents in Egypt, in uh, Nagamati, that comes from the Essenes. So from the people that Jesus was a part of, that notoriously talk about the teaching of Jesus after his resurrection. And the story that is being told is completely different. You know, and that's why maybe when perhaps the Christian establishment and the popes and whatnot, when maybe they have heard of it, it's like, oh, we found new documents in Egypt. We know they're legit, huh? but they completely contradict everything that the, <laughs> that the church has been said for 2000 years. Huh? Mm. What are you going to do about it? Are, are you going to tell people? No, you don't. Huh? And uh, so the... The Gnostic Christianity is, is funny because so the, the guardian of uh, Gnosticism were the Cathars, the French good Christian that we called. And you know they're the good guys because they're the one who has been persecuted you know, by, the, yeah, yeah, by the bad guy. You know, who kills who? Kills who? Who's the bully? You know? Uh, and, and those were uh, their tradition was not just Christian, you know, like, uh, like what Jesus said, it's Hermetic tradition. The mm. heretic are yeah. the Hermetics. The, the keeper of the alchemy, you know, uh, Hermes, was the messenger of the gods of the, of the Egyptians, is the one who brought alchemy forward. But alchemy, spiritual alchemy first. So in the Middle Age, you know, the alchemists, they understood they had to hide, you know, because Christians, otherwise uh, you do something too out of the system, you know, oppressive system, oppressive, and it's always in the name of keeping order. So transforming lead into gold is metaphorical. The philosopher's stone is metaphysical. It's not a stone. It's not. A, it's like how do you get someone from a, their state of being? Maybe it's like a heavy, traumatized to gold into someone who's like hyper efficient, empowered. Gnosticism is actually shamanism of like less get people to go on their own path, their own destiny. You know, it's not preaching to you, it's guiding you, and it's completely different. It's like, here is a bunch of tools, and first I'm gonna heal you. Jesus is a healer. Jesus is a healer. Buddha was more of a spiritual explorer, and it's, oh, this is the formula for you. Just go, this is my path, but you, maybe it's different. And it's the same with Buddha and Jesus, they were both psychonauts. They were a spiritual explorers. I mean, explorer of the mind, explorer of the psyche or whatever. And after, 
And that's one of the visions that I had. You know, in my own exploration, I got some wisdom from... Source. I don't know where. <laughs> yeah, somewhere, yeah. I have, in, I have a, because there's still noise on the line, but I have a, my own interpretation. So for instance, the Gnostic, so the matrix is a Gnostic metaphor. You know, and uh, there's a metaphor of the chosen one, and whatever, but it's a metaphor for ascension. For like, how do you break out of the Archon, so the bad guys for uh, the Gnostics, I should say for the Essenes and the Cathars, is what they call the Archons, and they say they are aliens. So of course, for the Christians, like, what do you talk about aliens and whatnot, this goes too crazy, you know, because it discredits everything. My own interpretation of it, huh? and perhaps that's completely new, just speculative, I try to connect dots in interesting ways. And I think it relates to, it's just a vision I had. Huh? So, um, so Satan is Satan. Satan, Satan. Yeah, so, yeah. so I was trying to understand, you know, astrology is like, I'm trying to go to the base. Okay, maybe I don't understand astrology what it is, but what it, what's, what's the reason that it could work? Potentially. Mm. It's like, okay, we've got an electromagnetic field, you know, it's like a donut. Yeah. You know, yeah. and in fact, we get it from our uh, biggest ancestry. So we always think of our ancestors as monkey, but you have to trace back all the chain of evolution to the first bacteria and then the first multicellular living entities, which was the microtubule. Mm. All living animals come from the microtubule, all animals. Yeah, that's our common ancestors to all animals. And it's just a tube. And you see, it doesn't have eyes, it doesn't have nothing, but it knows where it is, you know, based on the electromagnetic system, you know. Uh, so yeah. it's like the base of who you are, it's like this, uh, something comes in, something comes out. Input, output. And uh, anyway, that's why the gut health is so important. Huh? You know, your bacteria, you know, it's like say, second brain is also the gut. You know, as above, so below, if your gut is not healthy, your brain is not healthy. It's like inside you have a war, but it's both a bacteriological war and it's an energetic war as well. So my inception is like, so it goes into different realms, but it's the same thing. Like the base of life is not just flesh and bones. And that the Gnostics understand this as well. Mm, yes, it's yes. energy. You mm. know, when you're dead, you're out of energy. Your body is still there, but your light, your electricity, what I call the electrical serpent, I think Jordan, I got it from Jordan Peterson. Who you are is your electrical serpent. So you think I'm this fixed identity, but you change at every single moment. You're more of a loop, a cycle. You're mm. constantly in flow, constantly in flow. And I think the problem, and they understand it in acupuncture, is like when the flow is blocked or parasited. It's like someone in the river of life put some obstacles. It's like, okay, uh, it's, I'm going to make a theme park here. You know, like water slides. And I think actually the new metaphor, and that's crazy, but it was one of my ideas that came up that I channeled. It was like, actually, life is not the Matrix. It's the Lego movie. I don't know if you see the Lego movie. Huh? So at the top, there's Lord Business. Lord Business Satan, Santa, Santa Claus is like the, the one, the crab, you know, who grab everyone by the throat. Mm -hmm. It's like a parasite, you know, 
energetic parasite, but like from behind, you know, to the throat for men and for women, it's in their ovaries. You know, for women, it's like, oh, there's space here, I'm gonna go. So women cannot have full body cosmic orgasm until they have treated their traumas. Interesting, huh? Like, like women believe that, oh, actually, it's a clitoris stimulation that's gonna get them to orgasm. The truth is, when you, when you, st when you look at Tantra, it's no, no, no. When you have safe space, you create a safe space. Woman is in good condition, is safe, as a tech, you've taken care of, the, of their trauma, the blockage in their uh, energetic blockage, she can have cosmic orgasm. Like cosmic, cosmic. Uh, yeah, and yeah. it's the most beautiful thing in the universe. Huh? Yeah, Max, I got to jump in right now because you just synthesized 8,000 different things <laughs> that is all like I agree with. It's all happening right. You talk about Tantra, full body orgasms, uh, mm. blockages, uh, like prana, or like I'm like I have a, a workshop uh, on Saturday with Tia, who's a member of Rebel Wisdom. Uh, mm -hmm. We had we have a, I just released my third part of our series on Tantra, and mm -hmm. this is exactly what we were talking about. She's talking about the blockages, uh, you know, mm -hmm. bringing the energy, the 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 uh, what's it, the the toroidal field mm -hmm. that that goes like That's this. Funny. Everything you're talking about, every single thing you're talking about is what she's talking mm -hmm. about. And like also again, mm -hmm. like we're talking about uh, you talk about Saturn. What is it with Saturn? Like there's a many different yes okay so so this yeah. is where i wanted to go because yeah. it's um so saturn so the occult tradition that's why it's really interesting to go study your enemy the occult traditions uh, venerate saturn as satan uh, lord of the ring the eye in the sky because actually uh, saturn looks like an eye you know if you have a telescope it looks like an eye mm. Eye in the sky, looking at you, I can read your mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I am the maker of rules. So, um, yeah. so I don't know, possibly, but because it's like in my, uh, so in my psychonautic travels, so it's like psychedelic as well, is, uh, you know, so we say drugs or whatever. Drugs was, is a term invented 150 years ago only, you know? Before there was no drugs or nothing, alchemists called catalyst. So like you put something in your body, it's got a reaction, it's changed your mind, it's a catalyst. So it's a catalyst for an inner media. You know, it's like, this is a media, video, uh, it's a media for looking inside. It's like the TV to look inward. It's a psychedelic, it reveals your mind. To note as well that democracy, you know, Plato, Socrates, all of this, you know, what was the catalyst to bring those ideas forward was the kikan, which was a brew derived from honey, but most especially the ergot, which is a parasite, but it's basically LSD. Mm. So uh, LSD is derived from this very uh, mushroom uh, parasite that grows on barley. barley. Mm. LSD, yeah? So you think that actually the, the groundbreaking ideas that Plato, Socrates uh, put forward were actually inspired, I mean, came through uh, some psychedelic experiences. Mm. Boom. And then Jesus, so the Qatar, for instance, who revendicated themselves, you know, the, the reincarnation, so as well, believe in reincarnation, most Christian, mm. which the Christian Catholic do not believe in. You know, it's quite, a, it's actually a, a very great idea to believe in, you know, independently of it's true or not, to believe in reincarnation. Because it's like, well, it doesn't matter if I die, because I'm going to be reborn if I want. Actually, if I ascend, maybe I'm on holidays. 
you know, as opposed to what they give in, you know, Catholic, it's like, why well, you're going to go to hell? You know, if you don't behave. And it's this eye in the sky as well, the judgment, judgment, judgment. And I think actually, so I've done on ST meetups as well. So it's like, I'm trying to discover what's behind, you know, what people project, but what's really going on. You know, the subconscious versus the conscious. And by time, you know, like men, women tell me some stuff that it's, it's as if everyone, it's my perspective, pretty much. Everyone is terrorized by the judgment of others. And we are yeah, all judging yeah, each other. Yeah, yeah. And that's the big problem. We need to shift from judgment to understanding, to non-judgment. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. as a real uh, love is non-judgment. It's like, uh, no, uh, I love you. Only if you're, uh, you know, like parents, I love you only if you've got an A. No. Mm. You know, Tiger Mom, uh, you don't love your uh, children if you think like this. Huh? Mm. Love first, mm. unconditionally, unconditional love. And it's like, but you can love some people more than others, but it's energetic. It's, like, it's just like that. You can't uh, give too much condition of it. After there's circumstances that might change it. So what I saw in my travel, it was like almost like the emperor in Star Wars. And I think uh, the spiritual world, you, you don't take it literally, you take it in metaphors. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, let's say, uh, how do you translate from another species, you know, to your own? Well, maybe they're not, uh, you know, your body, because we know we live in a tiny spectrum of the electromagnetic field. You know, it's like uh, what we see as light is what's bouncing upon the, the structure of uh, things that are tangible, right? That's it, huh? But maybe up there and down below, there are other things that live, you know, specters. It's a spectrum, specters. Mm. Maybe uh, in, in the sky, you know, the Native American, I have a Native American mentor for a brief time. He did not believe uh, in illness as like just little pieces. It's more like, what's the spirit? Little pieces is just the physical manifestation of that spirit. Anyway, um, and possibly if we're spirit first and the matter uh, later, yeah, you know, yeah. just like ants. So some ants, you know, some ants go top of leaf and then they go uh, commit suicide. You're like, why would they do this? So it's like either a mushroom or like little bacteria who can parasite someone, you know. They are not aware that they have a parasite. You know, all the stuff like the, the weight that you have on your shoulder, like we said, the weight you carry on your shoulder or like the tension here mm. or you see like if your fingers crack you still have your body armor so there's another branch of psychology from William Reich oh, yeah, um, yeah. that talks about this energy life force organ chi prana it's yeah. all the same it's all the same but it's energy is energetic is electromagnetic that's all Tesla, Tesla as well understood it. That's why he was a, he was a mystic. He channeled information. That's how he got the idea for his machine. Tesla was a mystic. People, people don't know those important things. Oh, yeah. So that's, that's why I wanted to follow the path of Tesla. It's like, I'm not going to just get knowledge from what people say, but directly from the source. And Tesla believed this as well. There's like a source you can connect. So the matrix is a metaphor. It's like when it's a work of love, it's like it's beyond just your imagination. It's like you, you take it, this truth that's hidden, uh, there's like a translation, and that's the metaphor that uh, we relate to. So the biggest one nowadays is Star Wars and the matrix. Huh? But I will argue the Lego movie is almost like a, one of the most relevant metaphors 
uh, that we have to expand the world, which is everyone is like a Lego. Everyone is stuck into their own uh, profession. They believe that who they have is their identity. They cannot step out of their box. Huh? And outwardly, you know, everything is awesome, but inside is a fucking mess. So everyone is dissociated. It's like everyone is a zombie. It's like the head is disconnected from the body. The native uh, Australian, when they saw white people, they said they're, they're zombies. Because they saw electromagnetically, they were still uh, tied to the earth, they were grounded. Mm, yeah. So for them, white people or all the invaders are zombies. And they don't know they're zombies. Right? So imagine that entire culture that do not listen, that is completely stuck into their own box, detached from uh, the earth, from Mother Earth. Mm. And that's the thing. So what happened, I think, to me, where I get this information, I think it's from Mother Earth. Huh? Like mm. from Mother Earth and from the sun. You know, like you think of God, huh? God is just an idea. Mm. And because they all have different ideas. Huh? So let's go back to something tangible. It's like you're on a big ball. You're connected to this electromagnetic field normally if you don't have your chakras blocked. You know, like alchemy is this, it's not like you add more stuff, you take some vitamins, you go up, you become, uh, you put something in your brain, you go up. No, you remove all the crap inside of you, you become enlightened. Mm. Remove all the crap inside of you, go into the cave that you fear to enter. And that's why Dante's uh, Inferno is a metaphor. You go to the purgatory, you have to, it's like that. And uh, it's painful, but it's, that's the path towards the... And because everyone is in a comfort bubble all the fucking time. And so, uh, and you see, people are docile when they're afraid. And everyone's afraid, but it's silent. Everyone's afraid to speak their own goddamn mind. Everyone's afraid to buy the hand that feeds them. You go on the street, you're not going to starve. Like in UK, you are, or in France, you have a bit of benefit. It's not a lot. You live in a caravan. I did that huh, for uh, last year. I'm oh. fine. I don't need much money to be happy. I need nothing at all. I have all the time in the world to socialize and I'm so happy, huh? but I've got nothing. Yeah. And they stole all <laughs> my stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just want to jump yeah. in. Yeah, like I, of course, I resonate with that so much. Again, like this nomadic nomads thing, like I was able to do all this because over the summer when COVID hit, I was like, I, I was working for a tech company in New York City and I was like, oh my God, you're doing amazing. It's like, why don't you head up our sales division in Boston? And I was just like, nah, I don't want to do that. And I just left. And then when, when, the, when the pandemic hit, I was like, okay, this is an opportunity. I'm just going to go to Rep Wisdom. I'm going to take their Sensemaker 101 course. I'm going to go to the store. I'm going to do tons of inner work. And I just went in for months and months. And I was like, in September, I was like, okay, I'm ready. I went inside. No, no mass. I make no money in this 2021 hits, you know, like right now, like right now we're doing like a one-on-one -on -one episode, but what I'm, what I want to do for 2021, I was like, okay. It's like, I individuated. It's like, I'm, I'm, I, I found myself to another point and, and, and through, through no, no mass, I'm finding myself even more. And what I want to do in 2021 is I want to lift everyone up. Like I want to start having people, I want to start, you know, boosting their projects. I want to create mm -hmm. projects with them so like this is all like yes. this all happened from that's exactly what we need huh? we need yeah. people like you because it transpires you know like i i i like to think i know people you know and it transpires to you huh? you're like you're passionate <laughs> you're true lover that's exactly what we need we need you know it's like i say also another metaphor i use is how to train your dragon how to train your dragon train you see it's like yeah. omega is the good alpha you know, Omega is like they said, the, the little geek who's creative, a good heart. You want the king of heart to win. Huh? 
You don't want the, the king of the mirror, you know, like, oh, look at me, I'm so beautiful, you know, the narcissist, Donald Trump. Look at me, look at me, I'm so fucking great, I'm gonna fix everything. No, you're the king from below, the king who distributes the heart. Mm. And that's beautiful, huh? because I check your video, and I love your energy, and I'm like, thank yes, you, thank you. we need crazy people <laughs> like you. And thank yeah. you for doing what you did, huh? I mean, and, uh, and I think it's an example for people. Just fucking quit your job and do what you really believe in your heart. Huh? Mm-hmm. You don't need much money to be happy. Like you look very fulfilled. Right? You look like on <laughs> fire. Like you want to change the world. Yeah, yeah. And you need that. Huh? It's so beautiful. To see. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's, it's not surprising because it was just like you wrote your post. And I was like. Oh my God. We're like, I don't know. We're like two like sparks. We're like, I don't know. We're like quantumly entangled or something. We're like, I don't know. Cause I'm like, I was like, Oh wow. Like, the idea or not psycho, not nordic nomad. So, and then it, you had like, and when you talked <clears throat> about like you, you helped build a community of like a million people. And I'm like, I have a community of like 150 people right now, but I mean, I, I, I'm going and, and, and I'm building and, and I'm doing it. And like, and like you're designing, so I don't know, like maybe I should be asking, like, do you have any specific, I don't even know, like what, 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 I mean, basically I'm just, I'm just like, whatever you're transmitting, I'm just like downloading it and trying to integrate mm-hmm. it because I know you got a, a, a lot of uh, knowledge and insight on that. So I don't even know where, where to go from there. If you could uh, speak to that in, in any way. Well, I think, uh, the, I mean, the rules change all the time in innovation. That's why it's really, uh, in a way, it's difficult, but uh, it's very uh, interesting. But before, you know, it's like throw some marketing, throw some ads, throw this and that. Mm-hmm. But now the game's changed, and it's also it's changing again from, I think, economy of attention, of like a spam, just a surface level. No, no, now you go deep. Now it's mm-hmm. time to go deep. I think uh, it's like the expectations of people constantly change. So you have to constantly change how it's done. And you see like a, a format like Joe Rogan, uh, who would have thought that uh, he, will, he will have gathered so much attention? So for me, I think the gold is here. It's like, so people, they're addicted to sweet. Sweetness, you know, uh, it's like feels good. Feels good. Always give me some feel good. Always, always, huh? always work. And that's why people are addicted to, you know, uh, like uh, likes and whatnot. Mm. But it's okay. You know, you have to make people feel good. Yeah, you know, yeah. which is sometimes rebel wisdom. It's like, pfft. oh man. Pfft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not very bright over there. Yeah, very dark. No, I mean, because it's like skexy, sounds like skeptical, skeptical, skeptical. But it's okay to be skeptical, but bring in the mystic. Mm. You're a mystic. That's why I believe, uh, you know, like a mist. Skepsis is from the top, it's convergent energy. It's like selection. Mm. Like from this, from this, like you go into the field of possibilities, bring a flower, you know, like new, like something new. Like as well, if you want to compete in the space, you have to do something new and different that people want. Just do something people want Mm. and uh, that they're not having. Because if they can be served by something else that's already there, that's already popular, you're not going to win. Just be, but I think just be you and, you know, give this beautiful energy because in a way, it's, it's a lot about you, about the quality of the question, the quality of the research that you do, your passion. My advice to you is not like marketing strategies and tactics. It's more like how think about your role as like a modern shaman as well. A digital shaman is like, you're a catalyst for change. 
and people won't change, we need change. We're starving to change this fucking world. Get us to do things we don't really want, meaningless stuff, we get to live in boxes and we stop thinking. Now the young generation is like, okay, maybe we got fooled. Maybe let's start to think again. Let's see what's out there. So, but by, don't worry because now you don't have much huh, because it's like things go exponentially. Like quality matters a lot. Quality, quality. You keep doing quality. Okay, maybe perhaps an advice is like, make sure you have good lighting system. Yeah, okay. You know, on your face and it looks like pro because I, in a way I like it a bit, a bit like the way it is right now. You know, it's like, it's not perfect, but people have some expectations oh, so, oh, yeah, so, of professionalism. Gotcha, so yeah. if you don't look professionalism either, or, you know, like, uh, like I did, look the exact opposite. So for instance, you know, sometimes, you know, innovation is completely unexpected. So let's say uh, if I put something like this, it's like, uh, obviously I'm taking the piece. You know, like, oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's got some kind of emotional connection to it. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's like, what emotional connection you want to create in people? Most emotional connection in other channels is like, okay, wisdom, 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 which is great. Huh? Mm. You know, I love wisdom. I get a lot of it. But here, I think you have the opportunity to bring something else. It's uh, not only wisdom, but for me, it's also like speculation. <gasps> speculation, we need more of. And that's why I say idionautic, because philosophers now, they like love the truth, okay? But uh, you have to be willing to take risk, ideologically speaking, and say maybe this, maybe that, I don't know. But all uh, philosophers uh, that we remember now, they were not philosophers, they were ideonauts. They were uh, putting something new into the world that perhaps is stupid, perhaps it's not. But if it's not considered crazy at the beginning, it's not disruptive. You know, yeah, it's yeah. not considered crazy. It's not a paradigm change idea. And so I'm very interested in paradigm change idea. Mm. Ideas that are gonna, you know, like uh, impregnate someone's mind like a seed and then the seed grows, you know, like ideas like a seed and now it's gonna go with this one and then pff, create a flower. Yeah, You've got yeah. so much power, actually soft power. Mm. Uh, if you know how to set the right thing to the right people. Mm. Yeah, and and be the and be the one actually who brings the right thing from the right people, and they are not always the expert, the PhD, uh, Harvard, whatnot. Exactly. Not always. Yeah. Huh? yeah. Anyway. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we just said is like pretty much everything that I, I'm trying to do. And like, like if you look at the first episode of Nordic Nomads, I was like, why did I do Nordic Nomads? Because mm. right now we're just perpetuating the same like one to many you know, like game a dynamic. Oh, we have an expert trying to tell everyone what, what the rules are. It's like, no, I mm. want to bring amazing people with these who are on the ground with these mm. crazy ideas, which mm. are not quote unquote mainstream acceptable, but like mm. is what is needed. Like a max, like what you just like, man, you, what, mm. you, what, you, what you said on this episode is just blown my mind in like, it just synthesized 8 million different things that, I mean, I, I could freaking talk to you for hours I don't know if they want to listen to an eight-hour conversation or like a three-hour conversation, but like there is, I mean, there there's like something else. There is something else that like I definitely want to get into uh, before we go, and that I came across your Medium article, right? Uh, mm. I believe it's, it's titled "The Perilous Journey Towards Enlightenment," mm. and I was just like, "Wow!" Like when I went over that, I was like, "This is some crazy journey." I don't even know how to take it, and like mm. I guess like and one of the things you say is like everyone has their own journey of enlightenment mm. and like 
I don't even know where I would fit in that realm. I feel like I'm okay, but I don't even know. And everyone has their own. Like I ha- there was a on the Stoa, um, Frank Yang was on there. He supposedly reached the quote unquote high state of enlightenment, but mm. it's like his own state of enlightenment. So I was just worrying, wondering like, what it was that journey like, and and like, and also like you t- another thing maybe that you could throw in is your work with the Inner Fight Club. Mm-hmm. And how you supposedly in a couple hours transforms people's lives more than like, you know, years and years of psychotherapy. So you, mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if you could just go into that a little bit. Um, so enlightenment, I will not say that I'm there. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not there. I still have somewhere to go, but I can feel I'm going somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's interesting, but what makes me believe this is like, so, so I've got magnets in my hands. Yeah, and uh, right yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, so it's good for the electromagnetic field, you know, to yeah, flow. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like I realized I've got so much blockage in my body. I went to see like a chi master and he saw me and he was like, whoa, I never, <laughs> I like so much blockages in my body. Wow. Like 90% wow. blocked. Wow. It should be crazy. That's why I was so tired. So something, it's like I got to do something about it. And I think my first. Maybe, maybe it was a glimpse of what enlightenment is because it's like, how do you describe the ineffable? But when I had an ayahuasca experience and a part of the, the work I want to do is kind of educate people around psychedelics. It's like the kind of, uh, how do you prepare your journey? You know, it's okay, you put some music on, but what is it you exactly do? Mm-hmm. And the core is funny, but like you, for me, the, the best process to go at the truth, which we get, uh, you know, the origin of science, Okay, British people think it's John Locke. I think it's Descartes. Descartes gets a lot of bad rap. But, uh, you know, the method, first the Cartesian, you know, uh, model, because separation body-mind, it's like a mistranslation. Descartes was also, uh, you know, an alchemist, but it's a, it's a model of understanding the world, you know, mm. like a separation body-mind, yes, it's just a model, guys. Just get over it. Yeah. Anyway. But Cartesian method is, I'm going to get this guy to do this experiment, this guy who doesn't like this guy <laughs> do the same experiment. They don't know each other. This guy who try this, uh, do they find the same thing? Yes, okay, there's solidity, there's validity into knowledge. <gasps> what a brilliant idea. And that's the basis of science. It's like we do uh, peer reviews to make sure that there's solidity into a claim that is being made. Mm. The problem is, you know, there's lots of articles uh, that are written and meta-analysis that are not trickled down into everyday reality of people. So for instance, they do meta-analysis of what is the best way to heal people. Hypnosis, hypnotherapy. Mm-hmm. We know this since 2005. You know, it's been published. In 2010, biggest uh, study around, uh, you know, what we call drugs. And then so social harm, uh, done in UK by Professor David Knott, social harm and personal harm. Right on top, you know, one of the biggest, not the biggest, huh? alcohol. Alcohol comes from the Arabic al-gul, which means spirit eater. Alcohol eats your fucking spirit. That's why we say spirit, yeah. huh? drink your poison. Yeah, wow. yeah man. Yeah. Huh? Alcohol is the worst, you know. That's why when you remove it, you understand uh, the addiction that people have. The old uh, Al Capone and the gangster wars were due to the prohibition of alcohol. Alcohol makes people violent, 
and sociopathic. Mm. And uh, they make like a joker. You know, they make like joke. You know, The Shining, uh, Stephen King, all his terror comes from his dad who was an alcoholic. You know? Mm. Alcohol, terror of the mind. It dissociates you and then you have to keep uh, drinking just to get by. Bad idea, bad idea. We have to acknowledge the fact that humans lack some animals. Huh? Uh, even deers take mushrooms, magic mushrooms, yeah. to, uh, to enjoy themselves. Huh? It's, a, it's a God-given divine right, natural right, for you to take something off the ground, you know, mushroom that grows on cardone or whatever, and take it for yourself, especially if it heals you. Now we know it heals you. But, uh, you know, the laws haven't uh, been updated because, I don't know, maybe the politician is going to put it forward. It's going to get lots of bad raps. And that's, that's one of the things, at least in the Transhumanist Party UK, not US, hein, evidence-based policy making. That should be the basics. Take your decision based on evidence. No politicians fucking do this. It's stupid, no? Yeah. Empathy. Yes, empathy, love first, and then evidence, and then make some little test. Maybe learn from what startup do, because you have to adapt to change. Anyway, I forgot why I was saying this. And uh, and as well, so the Qatar, you know, as related to this, in the churches they painted big mushrooms, psychedelic mushrooms with the figure of Christ. Mm, yeah. So those who claim you know the reincarnation of the essence, and also. The second coming of Christ was uh, Sir Francis. So the Gnostic, there was like to become Christ, like Jesus and Christ is two different things. First is Jesus of Nazareth. You become Christ when you clear all the shadows in your body. Mm. You come into your light body. The Tibetans monk understand this. It's like, you know, you deal with your shadows, but they have a different metaphor for it. The rainbow body. And then Carl Jung said, the place where you least want to look lies the thing you, which you most want to find. Mm, yeah. So it's like when you've got a trauma, what happens is like uh, you dissociate. It's like your identity as a child is a big bubble. It's a bubble. But it gets influenced by other people's bubble. So other people fear into the bubble already. It, it's already a bit of a parasite, but especially a trauma happened to you, big or small, even complex trauma is a series of small ones, mm. even nightmares. And that's the thing that made me believe, maybe there's some negative entity, you know, in charge of the, because nightmares traumatize you and you get it in your body. And for, so for me, you know, I keep working with my hands, like kind of Reiki, mm. and I keep removing all these blockages And when you remove the blockage, the memory comes back. I know it's crazy, it's magical, you don't know how it works. Hein? I still, for me, it's unfathomable, but it always works. Hein? Like you heal your body, it goes back into the mind. You heal the mind, the body liberates. So it's a two-way. Um, and, and it's okay to take shortcuts. Hein? You take psychedelics, you take ayahuasca in a good setting, good condition. And the process is very clear. I mean, if you want to be freed, if you want to reach enlightenment, is my perspective on the subject. So what happened to me is like, so I knew from Jung and also Joseph Campbell in the cave that you fear lies the treasure that you seek. You know, that's why in Star Wars, uh, you go to the cave and he affronts his father, you know, his own fear. You know. Confront your fears, 
confront your pain, confront everything you don't want to confront, ideologically speaking. And for me, it was pretty hard shit I had to confront. And I give you one example because it's the kind of thing you don't want to admit. You have to see yourself as the bad guy. Yeah? And John Peterson talks about it. It's like you have to consider uh, why would someone do something bad? And uh, with honesty meters, I know oh, some people, would I be able to do the same thing in the same context? In another sense, have empathy for the devil. You need to have empathy for the devil. And also you need to almost to have a psychopathy towards yourself because always people say, oh, I'm so good, I'm fine, I'm great. No, you're an asshole who doesn't know you're an asshole. Yeah. Seriously, yeah? most people are actually passive-aggressive. Mm. No, seriously. It's like uh, when uh, you're educated into the, the non-violent communication, you understand yeah. how violent actually people are mm. and how dismissive they are and how judgmental they are. But Ayahuasca is going to come and say, well, you think, don't point finger at someone else. Sometimes you're the bitch, you're bad. And all you have to say is, I'm sorry, I'm guilty. Mm. And shut up. I'm guilty. I'm sorry for everyone I offended. In a way, huh? it's like Jesus had some good wisdom. The process is this. Huh? Forgive others first, and then you can forgive yourself. Lots of people feel inadequate about who they are as well, because they hold grudges. Get rid of all your grudges. Mm. And then, but, and then the first thing, if you're in an ayahuasca ceremony as well, get rid of your fear of judgment. And I think that's the first step. You know, in alchemy, uh, there's like seven seals to enlightenment. First one is fear. And, uh, but there are some tools that can help you. So uh, silver, you know, silver kills the vampire, as we say. Wear some silver and some amethyst. It's an advice, but energetically, it's going to help you deal with your fear. And then... In your mind, if it's given the opportunity, you're going to want to avoid going there. And for me, for instance, I was in trouble with my ex-wife at the time. And it was like a simulation in my head. Mm, okay, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? What do I want to do that I'm not actually doing? And to be honest, huh, she had mental problems, but she put a lot of it onto me, like hot potato. When, you're, uh, when you have lots of trauma, it's like, it's not me, it's you. Yeah, she yeah. showed me all her shit and everything's my fault all the fucking time and I got sick of it and I was like you know I'm, I'm not violent huh? I'm not but it's like I had a kind of rage in me that needed to come out I was not happy about it huh? like years of just handling yes okay almost like hostage negotiation Cersei huh? Lannister <gasps> mm. and I was like okay simulation no I want to punch her and like simulation like, and then it's like the devil goes away. I accepted the devil inside of me. And then I'm like, oh. <laughs> and then it's like the holy light comes. And I'm like, oh, everything is awesome. But for real, it's like you don't know how good you can feel until you reach a, a new ceiling of uh, human experience. And then he was like, oh. Everything is so fantastic, just the way I feel so good, so beautiful, so... And uh, my focus becomes from like very tiny to like huge. I see all the room, but everything at once. And since then, it's like my senses redeveloped. And after that, it's like, there's no way I go back. I quit my job. 
Mm. And then I go help people and I cannot stop wanting to help people all the fucking time. It's like, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a good pathology in a way. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I just want to help. And some people are like, uh, they're so, sometimes they're afraid. They're like, uh, who's this guy? He's on read now, but really? There's nothing that will make me happier, more fulfilled as an individual to have uh, help someone else. Mm. But so after what, what happened to me, like shit, I did honesty meetups. And then I realized, fuck, huh? So many people are living a life of quiet desperation. Mm. Like publicly, everything is fine. <gasps> but the damage, so many women have been sexually abused mm. that they do not speak. Mm. So many men are sexually frustrated. They feel bad about themselves. They're mistreated. They're, oh, so much horrible shit. Then it brought me completely, oh, fuck. Huh? Mm. Like, uh, it's like uh, you have your own cross to bear, you know, yeah, you yeah, get rid yeah. of it, you have a bigger cross and it's no choice, it's like, fuck it, like, ah, you go back to purgatory. Uh, and then I was bad, I was bad after. Mm. And I'm trying to get my way up, huh? but uh, then the justice system gets into me and my ex-wife is like, fuck, <sighs> give me peace and give me a fucking break. Yeah, you know. I mean, yeah, I completely <clears throat> wow resonate with everything you said there, especially when you said, "Okay, I'm good." It's like I was just talking, like you know, with my frontier, the you know, another episode. I was just like, "Yeah," it's like you know, like over the summer, I did my shadow work, inner work. Okay, okay, I feel so good. I'm about to launch Noetic Nomads. Like I feel good. I feel like a Hindu cow. Nothing can bring me down. And then I launch it. I'm like, oh my god! It's like a trigger. No, no, they all hate me. I'm never gonna. Nothing's ever gonna happen, right? Yeah. Shit. And then, and then now, and then we go to another stage. Like, okay, I, I'm like, my my podcast is going. Like, I'm doing. I feel okay about it. And then 2021, it's like, and then all of a sudden, um, I, I'm trying to build a community in order to like, again, like to inspire everyone to start their own projects, help them create and bring their own gifts to the world. Right. And I was like, I'm just going to do it like step by step, one episode at a time. And then uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, like, I, you know, I get the offer uh, from Peter uh, of, of the Stoa to like, hey, I'm going to shut down my Discord community, which has like 700 members. Um, do you, is it, would you, would you be all right taking them on? I was like, uh, okay. And then the next morning they just start flooding in and now managing this big community, this growing community. I'm like, oh my God. And it just, it's happening again. But yeah, I, I completely with that. And like, there's something that I'm interested about, like, like you mentioned, right. And this is something that has been going on in a lot of these spaces, something that I'm very cognizant of and um, people have been speaking to me about is like, uh, you stated that, like, like you in like your Twitter, you posted like I'm a vacuum cleaner for people's yeah. negative energy, right? That you're told that like because yeah. because like you're like this shining person that like you maybe cleared up some blockages. This is what everyone just starts projecting onto you, right? Monica actually spoke to me very recently about how now that you're getting stepping into this role, like people can start projecting onto you and you're gonna have to mm -hmm. set boundaries. Cause right now I'm just letting everyone in. I'm like, hey everyone, welcome to the community, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's just like, they just boom, boom, boom. It just, they mm -hmm. just keep contacting me. It's like, okay, okay, yes, yes, yes. It's like, I just I'm like, what are your thoughts? What is your process to dealing with all that's going on with handling, you know, like the possible projections and whatever come in our way? Mm -hmm. Well, the way I think it works is that, you know, in a way, I think it's like flies are attracted to the light, you know, and uh, I'm afraid to say it huh, because it's like, it will mean that I think, you know, that I'm a shiny person and whatnot. Uh, I've heard it from someone else, though, from uh, Master O, which is like a master of she. 
I'd like to believe I'm a good person. Like I've done so many uh, things for people. I'd like to give myself, you know, like sometimes in society, you cannot also say some good things about you. Yeah. I think it's a humility trap because uh, humility for me is not saying good things about you. Because in UK, it's this, it's like so much uh, self-destructive humor. Uh, Nobody's happy about who they are. In the US, it's the opposite. US is kind of narcissistic, a little bit too much, but at least you got people, it's okay, I'm cool, I'm awesome, I'm fine. It's okay in the US at least, you know, Mm. to let in the light. America, no one has monopoly on on goodness, but in UK, it's like it's so much self-deprecating and you you have to be humble, so annoying. But at least if you know you don't know, if you're willing to accept that you don't know everything, for me, that's humility. Mm. For me. Yeah. For me, uh, saying uh, bad shit about you or not saying good things about yourself, even though you think it, or even though maybe you've deserved it, you know, because you've done the good things, is shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. And actually, uh, uh, one of the ways that I uh, help people, so I was saying, uh, so in our fight club, and, but I'm a hypnotherapist, I just suggest the idea, but it's not I just suggest, but my energy, I think is the practice of Jesus. It's mesmerism. Mesmerism is hypnosis without words. So what they call animal magnetism. So magnetism, so you can use your eyes, your hands, power of your hands, and your intention. And you can heal people like this with no words. But it's, it's as well like the channel, you know, like, like as a healer, you, you clear your own bullshit if you have genuine intentions, you know, it's not like I'm gonna uh, make you pay XYZ bucks. We know that there's a very high correlation between, I mean, it's the quality of the practitioner that makes most of the healing. Be it a psychotherapist or a hypnotherapist, it's actually the person uh, who's helping you, that they genuinely care about you, is gonna be the, the biggest predictor of how you're gonna be healed, actually. Yeah, so, you know, doctors who go because they want to make big bucks, uh, I think healing should be free for people. Like uh, maybe you pay people uh, like a Christian church instead of priest, make them uh, into healers. Go heal people. Heal uh, their trauma. Listen to them. Confession is a good thing. So that's what I realized. So, and this uh, true also Jordan Peterson work and uh, Joseph Campbell, the truth will set you free. But it's literally true. It's like express the unexpressed. So there's different channel huh, to, uh, to do this. But it's like the thing that you're afraid to confront. Maybe you've been abused. Maybe you abused someone. Or maybe it was your fault. Maybe it was. Especially when it's your fault, it's difficult to confront sometimes. You know? Yeah. When you're an asshole, it's difficult to confront. It's like, you have to admit it. And you can never be perfect. Huh? Mm. Never, ever. But what you can try to do is work on your intention. Like, are my intentions always good with people? Am I really the good person that I believe that I am? Well, I went in Glastonbury to do my research and oh, it's always a cockfight. You know, in any context, you know, like what you said huh, in Rebel Wisdom, until you've healed your wounds, you're still in what I call, you know, the narcissistic bubble. The, this expert on narcissism said it's a developmental disease. It's like as a child, between the age of zero and three, you're in complete uh, receive mode. So in a theta, theta wave, so theta in a hypnotherapy, we put you in a alpha wave or theta wave, and then we rewrite the script. Mm. So you see, before the age of three, it's so important what you receive as energy and you receive love, but tactile love as well. And so to heal people, the best intervention is like, I give them love. 
And that's just a simple thing like you're loving, you're worthy of love, you're lovable, you radiate love and respect, and in return, you get love and respect. You give love to others, and in return, you get love. And it's like equivalent exchange. You forgive others, forgive yourself. Mm. You know, it's like a simple wisdom. You know, we think uh, how you solve the world, complex, no, simple wisdom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, hypnotherapy is the spiritual alchemy, which is the original alchemy. It's the same. The occult use it in different ways. They traumatize you, and then they use uh, hypnosis to like, I'm your savior, mm. but then they get you in whichever direction they go. So it's how you dissociate someone, then you, you can make them their puppet, but you cannot control someone with hypnosis. It's them who decide whether or not they're going to accept your suggestion, except if you've got no other alternative, you know, like the CIA, you know, like uh, traumatize you, then they're going to take like a savior and you're going to reshape your belief because, well, pff, you just can't uh, deal with anything. So one of the induction, for instance, is hypnosis. It teaches you a lot about the human mind, huh? but it's like this slow induction, so baby step, you go down. This fast induction is confusion. So it's like, hey, look at this, look at that. You're confused, or, uh, and sleep. You know, like, right moment, so I didn't do it in synchro, but it's like, if I confuse you, your brain doesn't know how to make sense of everything, but you've already trusted my voice. You're going to rely on this anchor of like, okay, who's the savior? So that's why the media are doing like, get your attention. So I work at Timing, you know, Time Magazine, Marie Claire, all of this. And I saw, wow, they do investigative journalism, uh, Time Magazine, probably, you know. You see, but the problem is they dramatize the information. So you have facts. Facts are facts, and it's just what happened. And then there's the interpretation of the facts. It's just a story. And then uh, all the adverbs you're going to use, the metaphors, are going to create some emotions into the mind of people. Or the kind of picture you're going to put, going to create an emotion into the reader. And we are only programmed to care about things that, you know, have an emotional connection with. Hmm. But the one that parasites everything is fear. Like survival, pff, forget yeah. love, forget everything else, huh? And so we're constantly put into a state of fear, in a state of you're not good enough just the way you are. And we have mirror neurons as well. No, we're not that adapted to live in the big societies that we are. We're adapted to live in co small communities of 150 individuals. Yeah. But it's like, now it's like the standards from which you compare yourself to, you know, because you think of your own individuality, it's like a mirror. It's like, I see you, but how I see myself is the difference between you and me. So let's say, uh, hypothetically, uh, someone is there, you know, in talent or in uh, something, and you're there, you have two choices. It's either acknowledging your position, well, I'm not as good as this person, or you try your best to find some psychological fitness. So it's either you be humble, it's like, you know, bitch, be humble, I mean, you're not Elon Musk, huh? not everyone is Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> And to accept it, um, you know, no, you're not perfect, um, but it's okay. It's okay. No one is perfect. Um. No one. Yeah. Even Elon Musk is not perfect. Um. Anyway, but we all shine our own lights, our own beautiful lights. That's what you need to understand. Perfection is a dangerous idea. Mm. And it's like me, I, uh, sometimes I pff, 
fuck you all. And I'm very aggressive and I'm not the most patient. I'm not always the most, you know, like there was this girl in the company I was working and hell, she's the flower queen. Huh? And it's like everyone has got their own light, you know, as a child, like we all shine a different light. And then that's why enlightenment is different for everyone because, you know, it's like the trolls, you know, when the trolls, you know, go dark. Yeah. No, actually, I'm kind of like the dark troll, actually. <laughs> <laughs> But everybody shine a different color. And that's what's beautiful. Huh? But that's what you need to get back and to get people to really uh, take ownership of their own beautiful light, which they're uh, deprived of. It's like, you know, the societies put you into a box, a bubble, like yeah, a Pokemon yeah, ball. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 don't get out of your Pokeball. No, don't go free. Like, you want to go free. You want to be Pikachu or whichever Pokemon you are. Huh? But you can't because it's like in your pokeball just mm. do what you're told and it's not an enforcement that's very easy to notice because like where are the barriers now it's a psychological barrier you know it's like uh, when you train dogs if there's barbed wire that's electrical yeah. you know with horses uh, they touch they're gonna stop but then you remove the electricity it's just a wire not even barbed wire you know just electrical they're never ever gonna touch the wire again they could escape potentially but they don't it's like the fear that's the blockage for the horse huh? It's like the fear that blocks them. Yeah. Even if you remove them, they're not going to run away. They're like they're tamed. We're tamed. Mm. You know, as humans, we're yeah. all yeah. tamed compared to who we were as children, which is like, ah, I do whatever I want. I peace <laughs> here. I'm naked. Yeah, yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. And now it's like, you see, that's the problem of Christianity as well. It's like uh, we're so feeling inadequate about our own bodies. Like being naked is just nature, you know? But now it's like, oh, oh my God, huh? You know, like violence is fine, guns, poof, blood, no problem. But in the US, it's like, you see a naked body you know, of a woman, <laughs> yeah. oh, oh my God, oh my God, blasphemy. Yeah, yeah. Come on. And, we, and that's why I think we have a very strange relationship to our own bodies because it's always sexualized. So as soon yeah. as you know you want vents, like your uterus, then it's sexual. No, you see, your cat is naked. <laughs> monkeys are naked are fine so there's so much re-education that we have to do it's like so for me the holy grail of design is not you create a product that you want people to learn and adapt you know so I'm gonna change my habits to adapt to it which is what society is huh? so we format people to adapt to the way society is now the opposite should be true it's like it should be the rules of society which is just design huh? You know, we design, we co-create the reality around. There's the rules of reality, tangible rules. And then there's a rule that human beings imagine in their head, this idea of capitalism, this idea of democracy, mm. it's all started in the mind of someone. So we can all start something new, a new game, enough of the monopoly. You know, monopoly, it was designed as well as a game to educate people as to, you know, the danger of capitalism. But at the end, there's only one winner. Huh? Mm. And you see it now, it's like, pff, the winners are winning so much more than, and we're going more and more and more towards it. Like, winner takes it all. When are we gonna say, oh, come on, guys, come on, share a little bit. I mean, seriously, how mm. much do you need? You, how many toilets do you need to in the castle? <laughs> you know, you got one ass. How many, how many space yeah. do you need? And, and it's even proven that if you live in too big a space, you feel depressed. So it's like all those stars mm. in Hollywood, they live in those yeah. big houses. They actually fit shit inside. 
You know, I work uh, well with Warner and UMG, so uh, I've got to learn a few secrets, you know. <gasps> Man, uh, the celebrities that you see, you think, oh, they're so happy. <sighs> no, 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 no. The whole world that we serve you is, is just uh, packaging, basically. It's just packaging, good packaging and shit inside. <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. Oh, my God, Max. Yeah. Like, this is like... I've never had a conversation on here yet where like you synthesize everything. Like I was like, boom, boom, boom. I got to talk to you like 8,000 things, ontological design. I mean, the whole point of Nordic Nomads is, 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 is I'm trying to bring everyone's gifts, show everyone. Like I bring my guest on. I'm like, this is, this is why I have my intro where I'm like, this is you. This is boom, 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 boom. Build you up. It's like, this is you. The world's like, Oh, this is you. And then when we know what our unique gifts are, you know, our, you know, our specific yes. light, then yes. we're like, oh, this is what we could bring to the world. There's no yes. us. There's only yes. one me. This is when we yeah. can shine. So, yes, uh, yeah. we should all be allowed to do it. The world will be so much better. You need a safety net for people. That's what been, we've been saying also on the um, transhumanist party, at least, you know, UK again. Huh? Mm. Don't put all people in the same. Don't be too caught up into the label. Okay. Mm. Universal basic income, basic safety. You know, like people do not have psychological safety mm, yes. at all. So we think about fulfillment and entertainment. In fact, people are so addicted to entertainment because uh, it's a coping mechanism. That's why we put yes. clowns in hospital. Huh? <laughs> to, uh, wow. Yeah. No, but to, to get away from the pain, yeah. because it's bitter, you know, it's like the truth is bitter, you know, but you have to go to the bitterness that was heals, a salad, well, it's kind of bitter, but it's what heals, or lemon, actually, the lemon for the Gnostic is the fruit of knowledge, it's the lemon, oh, the lemon. because it's going to heal your sugar addiction, it's going to reset your taste bud, and heal your inside, you take it, you're in a ketogenic mode, like oh, your yeah, body yeah, armor, yeah. you know, your uh, blah, blah, blah. And then if you burp, it's great. You know, like people say, oh, I should not burp. No, the shamans, the best shaman is the one who knows how to burp the most. Because it's like this kind of a barrier. It's, it's interesting. Huh? But it's like from energetic one into the air that goes through the burping. I know, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. huh? But it's like it needs to come out, let it out. You know, people are afraid of vomiting. and uh, No, it's great. Actually, ayahuasca, you want to throw up. And in a way, it's like when you throw up, oh, you feel so good. It's, it's, it's interesting, you know? It's like, you know, that's why I think maybe it's the gut as well that holds a lot of the secret. It's like, maybe it's all connected. Like our inner war, it's a bacteriological war, like all those bacteria that fight. And if you don't give good bacteria, you know, it's like, phew. so find the right balance. But it's also, the war is also energetic, you know, in your body. So a good massage. Uh, or, uh, you know, energetic healing, yoga, that's why yoga, yoga, you break the armor, it's all you're doing. You break the armor and yoga, you know, so you stretch, stretch your body, stretch your mind as well. When your body is flexible, that's why they say vata people, vata people, long people, air people. You know, it's like the vata people ought to be the one that understand the, the rules of reality. It's always been like this, that's why the druid is very thin. And the earth people is more like big, thick earth. So I did not understand this before because it's like there's a hierarchy of people, some people better. No, it's not exactly like that. It's more like, like in life, there's a natural hierarchy, actually. It's like natural alphas or whatever, but there's a good one. And so it's, 
it's like a functional was... hier- it's, a, it's a functional hierarchy rather than like a vertical top down maybe that's what you're referring yes. to yes no it's more like let's put people in the past where they belong you know like asperger for instance yes yes yeah, yeah you cannot yeah. treat an asperger like a stereotypical because they don't think in the same way like a dyslexic huh? mm. we think dyslexic are dumb because they don't know how to read <gasps> dyslexic are the genius <laughs> and uh, there is a process now to heal uh, dyslexia it's like you turn like a maze, like a pattern with some writing and there's something happens because the dyslexic thinks in association, you know, great dot connectors, dyslexic. Yeah. Winston Churchill, Steve Jobs, you know, dot connectors, huh? possibly Einstein as well. And all architects, uh, you see like special representation, dyslexic are so misappreciated. So after it's like understand who people are, their specificity, but do not try to impose your own thing on them. Exactly. No, it's like yeah. Create the garden for which they are able to flourish. Don't try to cut them this, 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 you know? And everyone is a different flower. Just let them grow the way people want to grow. Just provide a safe base. Just provide the ground. We don't have a ground. You know, so we've got so much stuff already. Even, you know, I lived in the forest for a bit. It's like, fuck, forest, you've got at least cranberries and raspberries and apples and mushrooms. You can forage. You don't need nothing to live. And you can take some woods. You can build a little house. It's nothing. Huh? Other case. But now you can't even live, you know, anywhere uh, without uh, being chased by someone or judged by someone. Or, you know, you should be able to eat for free, to be sheltered for free. That's the very best. And we should think of ourselves as a tribe because we, that's what we think. Mm. Wow, this has been uh, amazing, uh, Max. I literally, there are like 50 more questions I could ask. <laughs> Maybe we could say it for another time. I mean, again, like I just started, I just, I just started Noic Nomads Discord community. I would love for you to join and talk. Like, I want to tell them all about you because you you are noetic nomad. Like, talk about, like, whatever, you know, psychonaut, I do not. I mean, you're a nomad. Mm-hmm. So, again, like, I'm I so am. glad that it came across you. And we got to talk. So, where can people find out more about the great mm-hmm. Max Goslin, the noetic nomad, I did not psychonaut? Well, I don't have much at the moment because I was, like, in a divergent mode. So, I think life is left brain, convergent, you know, bring things together, Asperger, right brain, divergent, artist, uh, schizo, whatever. And life is like this, like the flower of life at the bottom, sending lots of Vs. You see vortex, like, you know, the fabric of reality is V. And at the top, it's like, let's put those V into some harmonious ways, you know, it's like the the order. But I think the idea of a single God is a bad idea. You know, it's always balanced. There's never one thing without something else. No, it's like yin yang's relationship, yeah. whatever. So anyway, you can find a bit of my work on the psychosoft.com, P-S-Y-C-H-O, where I do offer hypnotherapy for donation. So you donate uh, what you feel. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think I have a Medium page as well. Maybe you will put the link. Yeah, I can put I think I want to start a series of uh, idiotic. So I want to create this new science of like, because I, f- I think philosophy is very sterile nowadays. It's like, mm. it's not very daring. It's like, what if we think, you know, the meta game, the, the game beyond of like, yeah. how do you come up with the great ideas? 
how did Plato came up with their ideas? And you understand they were psychonauts. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So if you have a good model for how to explore the ideological world and bring about, you know, some ideas that are valuable and beautiful and package them together into something that the world needs. You know, that's why I say ideological design. You know, mm -hmm. I'd like to think the future is ideological design and I don't want to be the only one at it because it's like exactly. you could all make speculation well if you put this idea here and that and that and that, that you can have this beautiful symbiosis that's why I'm saying redesign religion it's a bit provocative huh? but the idea is like perhaps we can create a manufacture uh, but invent uh, put together but together maybe maybe it's me put an inception it's okay it's just a proposition it's a proposition why not be speculative again be exploring uncharted ideological territories yeah that is so i want to do a series on that and uh, invite wow. people to go uh, go be crazy that's why i love you man because you, <laughs> you say oh here i'm crazy i'm the crazy yes yeah, exactly. my people Noetic nomad, you see, like nomad of the mind. Exactly. And I think that's a great way to be. I think being narrow-minded is a disease. Yeah. I think you're a narrow mind, you're a Lego, you know? You're free of, in the way of thinking, you step out of your bubbles, uh, ideological bubbles, you're free. And so let's be more of us because I think mm. it will make for a better world. Noetic nomads. Exactly. That's it. That's mm. it. Perfect. Close of the episode, Max. Thank you so much mm. for coming on and sharing this knowledge. All I'm right. sure we do, dude. We need <laughs> got it. Got it. All right. Okay, everyone. Yeah. I, I mean, exactly. Let's create games where everyone can win. That's all we need exactly. to do. Yeah. Win-win games. And that's where all yes. about Nordic Nomads. Inspiring. Getting everyone to give their unique gifts to the world. And that's it, Nomads, for another episode. And peace out, everyone. And step up because the world needs you. Okay, bye. All right. And we are...